You are listening to the Spark Influence Podcast with Spark Media founders, Peter and Misty Phillip. Spark Influence is a podcast about living a life with intention in marriage, family, ministry, and as business leaders. This show is brought to you by the Spark Media Podcast Network. Visit sparkmedia.ventures for more inspiring podcasts. Welcome to the Spark Influence Podcast, where Peter and I try to serve as a beacon of hope, connection, and illumination as we influence our families, our businesses, our marriage, our children, and the world around us. Welcome. We have been gone for a couple of weeks. We've been traveling, and it is good to be back on the mic. Glad to be here again. We missed y'all. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening. We are so glad that you are here. As we were preparing for today's episode, we decided to talk about something that we need in our life a lot. And we thought if we need it in our life, you might need it in your life as well. And the subject that we're going to talk about today is the power of a praying couple. So we're going to approach this from a couple of different ways. One, it's important for us to have our individual prayer life, our individual time with the Lord. It's important for us to come together in prayer. And then there are times that require prayer and fasting. And so we're going to dig into all of it. I'm excited. This is important stuff right here. And this is something that we live and try to live in in our married life, but the world crowds in and, you know, schedules get in the way. And so um, I'm excited to, to, to discuss the importance of this in a, in a relationship uh, and how much it can impact your life together. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this discussion on the power of couples praying and seeking God, both independently and together, as well as exploring the strength of fasting and prayer that and what it can offer to us. So for me, I think I want to start with the fasting part. So for me, that was not a concept that I grew up with. And I, I didn't grow up I grew up in a Catholic church for the majority of my life. Prior to that, my parents were different denominations, but none of them really focused on fasting, even though it's a biblical principle. It's it's part of our spiritual formation and just an important part of our walk with Christ. It was never in my home. It was never emphasized. What about you? Did your family fast and pray for things or is that just is, is that more of a newer concept to you? as well well like you right italian uh grew up catholic so that kind of goes without saying but i think the most fasting we did was you know no meat on friday right there's more of a sacrificial thing than a fasting thing so it was yeah it you was, had fish we had fish on friday right that was a guaranteed <laughs> but i the power of the praying part right and like actually seeing my parents pray together and always praying either post mass with the family or um, before every meal or, a, you know, and it was more of a special event kind of thing, right? It was not as, um, uh, it was not ingrained and involved as much as we have made it in our lives, right? Where we're, our children see us pray all the time, right? And, and 
Same for me. Both, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Same for me. So I remember, you know, when I was very young, we did uh, prayers at lunch, which, you know, God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for our food. Yeah, very rote prayers. By his right. hands, we are fed. You know, thank us, Lord, for our daily bread, that kind of thing. Yeah. Or a lot like, of Marys. Or, or no, like now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. We never, we never prayed that. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Yeah, and I remember child. It did terrify me. It absolutely <laughs> did terrify me as a child. Like, yeah. am I going to die before I wake up? So yeah, I don't recommend that one, but I do recommend praying with your children before bed. And I think it's a really vulnerable time to, to have some one-on-one time with, with your kids and, and at different ages, it looks different, but a time for us to be able to have their heart and to openly dialogue and ask them, are you struggling with anything? Is there anything that I can pray for you? I know that that has been been good in our life, but for me, fasting wasn't a thing growing up, but I have seen firsthand the power of you fasting as the head of our family for our family and for different things. The Bible talks about there are certain things that need prayer and fasting. And I've just seen the power in that. And I think you've seen it as well. I have. I want to touch back on something you just said, and then we'll come back to the fasting part. When you were talking about praying differently with your children, um, I think that's a great time to educate children on what it's like to to pray. Right, it doesn't have to be the same rote statement. It's a conversation with God. It's a it's a beseeching. It's a asking for help. It's a it's it's meant to be a two way conversation. Like you're going to have a conversation with the Lord, and a, a lot of people have the prayer as being an activity you perform and then you move on. Right, prayer should be a very intimate time, and teaching children about how that look what that looks like is a great education. You were very good about that. Like you were really good at educating our kids on what praying looks like. Um, well, and it's praying. Without ceasing, like you, like you said, it's not just this. Yes, you used to pray. Like I remember times when we would lose the car keys, and you would say, "Everybody, stop! We're going to pray. Lord, help us find the car keys." Like I mean, you prayed about everything all the time, right? All the time. Every cabinet door that you opened had scripture inside of it, and you would say the prayer when you opened the scripture, uh, opened the door, right? Like it was everywhere. It was blanketed in our house, and I think that's. Well, I think that was a. I mean, if I look back now and the time that we were in there many good times, but also just, we, we had a a really difficult time too. And prayer was my lifeline. Prayer was the thing that um, got me through, but, but you're absolutely right. God wants our heart. That's the thing that he's most concerned about. He doesn't care that we say this certain words in this order. He wants to hear from us because we're his children and he loves us. Yeah. Yeah. Now back to your flashback to your fasting. Yes. I have found it to be an amazing tool, and 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 I have been richly rewarded by fasting for my family, or or whenever there's a, a, a heavy decision, or a turning point, or some other thing I need really need guidance and wisdom on. Fasting has been a really powerful tool for me. I, I have really heard and found decisions and in and um inspiration from the Lord in, in fasting, right? Especially when I fast for others, like I fasted for myself sometimes, but mostly it's about when I fast for you or, or the children or our situation as a family, like that's where the most benefit has come. And he's been very rewarding whenever I do that. Yeah. I've, I've 
you know, witnessed it. Absolutely. And and you talk about our kids seeing us pray in a different way. I want to talk about that a little bit more. So like I said, we had mealtime prayers, bedtime prayers, but it was very like a rote prayer. We prayed in church, but in our house, if we're in a crisis, like we have a family altar in front of the couch and everybody many times, hits many their times, knees. Like there's a problem. Everybody stop right now. Come in front of the couch. We're all praying hands around each other. Right. And we pray together and everyone prays. We don't just, it's not like I just say a prayer and we break. It's like, I pray, you pray, Ian prays, Connor prays in his own way. Jacob would pray. Like all of us pray, came and prayed together and we did it. You really, it, it, and I credit you with some of this, a good part of this was you see the people who like you'll have some tragedy or event and you po- you send messages to people and you get back the praying, praying, praying. You don't ever want to sing it back. But I, I never. Praying nev- hands. Yeah, praying hands, yeah, <laughs> which is, it's not even what they mean that to be actually, but it's more of a namaste hands, but that's a different topic. But whenever that occurred, you would immediately say, all of us, like, let's go. Like, we never let the moment slip because you don't know if the moment is too long. And we would always gather as a family and pray right then for those people, right? Um, And whatever that situation was. And then there was action, right? So we did prayer and action. So it was typically, let's pray for them, figure it out. And then you were normally right on to, I'm going to make them a a tray of enchiladas. I'm going to bring them food. Because right? <laughs> that's my go-to. Man, your enchiladas <laughs> can change the world. Like, I'm telling you, your enchiladas are, are the best, I think, ever. And so that 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 ask and that beseeching and then action, like that was a really powerful combination in our family. I don't think that should be understated how much work that did for our family. Like that was an incredible thing because our children saw that we were serious about intercessing for the Lord for these people. Like we were saying, Lord, I would like, I beseech you, like help these people, like do whatever the situation is, your will be done. We were not commanding God to do anything. not by any means, but we we're saying, please, we're praying for these people. Like, Lord, we, we ask your, whatever was needed, grace, mercy, healing, health, you know, resolution, whatever it was, we were asking for it. And then it was almost always on to action, right? We weren't just empty prayers and walked away. And then it was a vapor in our mind. Like there was always an action behind it. And I think that's really powerful. And I, I really credit you with making, there was always an action follow-up. Like that's not my strength by any stretch of the imagination. Um, <laughs> well, I'm a doer. So therefore that comes right. naturally I, to me. I'm the thinker, dreamer, and, and you're the doer. And you would just <laughs> always execute two trays of enchiladas all of a sudden. A salad happened, right? A gallon of iced tea. Boom, you showed up right. at someone's door. I, how many meals we ran to people? I have no idea. Um, even down to when... Like in Houston, when the Harvey floods happened and all those people were, you know, our, our jam was not going to break sheetrock. We made, you know, 500, 700 pounds of smoked chicken that we turned into trays and trays and trays of enchiladas. And we delivered hot meals to hundreds and hundreds of people. And that was your prayer hands in action, right? Because we prayed for all these people. It was just devastating and horrible. It was a real disaster. And you followed that action. And our family and our kids saw that. And they were involved. And they helped roll up the, the enchiladas. And they were everyone was there, right? And it was all of our prayer hands in action. And that was real. I think it's, that's really, really profound, for, a, for, the, for especially for children to see that. But Yeah, that's good. I mean, faith without works is dead, right? So we, we need both. We need our faith. And we need to do. And I think another thing. Thing that sort of stemmed from that time period in our life is when we were going to a family integrated church where we did communion every week and we that was nice 
That was we I, gathered as a life. family, and it was a time of repentance. So maybe somebody in the family, you know, knew they w- weren't being who they were supposed to that week. And it was a time to say, you know, I could have done better. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Or it was just a sweet fellowship and time of prayer for others, but we would come to the Lord's Supper and to the table. We would all examine our hearts. And that was a very sweet practice that we went through, you know, in in those years as well. I I 100% agree. Like, I think people mistake the fact that the only way you can take communion is if your church gives you the little cup with the plastic wrapper and the little wafer on the lid, right? You can bless, the Father can bless the bread. Get some bread in your house. Technically, yes, unleavened, but bread, period. And we did this in in the second church that we planted where we would bless the bread and have communion. But there there was this gravity. I think this is what's missing too, is there was a gravity to taking communion, because beforehand, we would before everyone was given communion, we all had to come together as family and say, is there any obstacle between us? Is there any grievance that we don't know about? Is something on your heart? Because you can't take communion with that with that knowledgeable sin on your heart. Like if there's a problem, you you're not supposed you have to skip. You're not supposed to take it. Right? This is a very representative action. And sometimes there was some awkward silence, right? And yeah, sure. and just a time of 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 really. Of checking your heart. Like everybody really was like, did I do? Did they do? Are we like we were held accountable to one another in, in our family union in our family unit before we took communion. Yeah. Right. I mean, I rank it with baptism, right? Like so baptism is an action, it's an external profession of your faith, right? Of the of your acceptance of of the Lord. But I, I think we underplay how important communion is and the gravity with which you should accept it. And it's, 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 I don't think it's played, it's not, it's not lifted up or put up as high as it should be, I think now. And because it's a more rare event, a lot of churches only do it once a month or they do it for once special events or they do it once or, for special events, right? right? It's like Easter and Christmas and some other, pick another day. And, and it, that, that's the last supper and what he said and what is meant by that is, is immense and powerful. And I don't think it's taken with the same level of, of, of importance that we take other things within Christianity. Right, because we do it in remembrance of what he did for us, that he died and yeah. suffered on our behalf that we could be reconciled yeah. with the Father. I mean, that is weighty stuff, right? It's super it is. weighty, absolutely, yeah. man. And, and to take that as more of a casualness, right? And then you get all kinds of, you know, denominational interference, like this would only be grape juice, it should be wine, like all these things that just kind of get in the way. Man gets in the way of so much of what God intends. And it's so frustrating to me. But however you do it and however you feel it's right, you should really take it with a much more solemn heart and a much, much higher weight and gravity than I think people do. Absolutely. And And we would do this at home. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we would do this at home. I would bless the bread. We would have... Our, our our olive wood cups from, from Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah, yes, we do. Back. And, and, and our, little, do, yeah. our little plate from the 70s that says, that's give us our supper. daily yeah, give absolutely. us our daily bread this plate. That's great, incorporating and, those heirlooms and things into it. And, and, and having communion, having actual communion. No different than doing it at a Catholic church or at a Baptist church or whatever. Absolutely, that's so good. 
You know, I wanted to move on to when we come together, the Bible says when two or more are gathered in his name that he is there. And so not just as individuals, but when we come together, we're a united front and it creates spiritual harmony and it is powerful, Very, um, especially in times where we've experienced spiritual warfare and other trying times where we've been able to just come together and present our pleas before the Lord. Yeah. You know, the term, what's the term we use in the house when this happens? And we're like shields up, like (laughs) we know it's coming and we have to double our efforts for like you and I to pray together because we're, if we're united, there's no, because the enemy loves nothing more than to bring that wedge between and we can and the we can and spot it. Like we, we very much sometimes it, it'll yeah. go like things will happen. And I, like when I first started to write the Bible study, the struggle is real, but so is God. When I embarked on that journey, Ooh. all of a sudden, all this stuff started happening. Just little and things. And one day everywhere. you turned and you looked at me and you said, "You realize what all this is, right? You know what this is. This is the enemy who's trying to get you to quit and to get you to stop." And we need to pray, and we need we need to petition before the Lord. Yeah, and he, he poked and prodded in every corner between and, us, between our children, like. And every time whatever. I do a Spark conference, same thing. Heavyweight. It's just the, and this is something for a listener to know: if you're not in ministry, pray for your pastor, pray for those who are leading you spiritually in your Bible study in the different ways, because being on the front lines of ministry is tough. That's why I think a lot of people fall. I think that's why a lot of people have difficulties because the enemy is is insidious and it is a constant battle that we are in. Uh, It's a constant onslaught for them. It's a very, there's no break. There's no, you know, you know, the joke a pastor works one day a week, but they actually have never have a day off like ever. They can never not be that person all the time to everybody and not everybody's happy with who they are. Plus, the enemy is attacking him all the time because greater is the reward to him to take down a pastor than it is. He doesn't care about the non-believer who's, you know, uh, in the store next to you, like in the line next to you. They don't care about it. They're going to hell anyway. So the people who are... Right, because if he can take a pastor down, he then he can take down a congregation, people, a family, right? Multiple a fam- families. Like Absolutely. The attack is far greater. He's a much higher value target than than a non-believer who's just in randomly within within the... Populace. Yeah. So when we started this episode, we talked about seeking God in prayer independently. But it's not just about asking for blessings. It's not no. it's not just like it's all about me, God, or making requests. It's about aligning ourselves with his will, understanding his purpose for our lives, and nurturing our relationship with him. It's it's that heart connection. God wants to, you know, I've been reading this book, Awaken, O Dreamer, and it talks about as a creative co-creating with God, because God is the creator of the universe. And it also, I just finished the book this morning and it, and it talked about resting with God. God wants to do everything with us, but we get caught up in our own world, doing our own thing, and we get busy and we don't always incorporate the Lord in it, but he wants all of it. I think that's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. It's a continuous pouring of our heart all the time. And it's arrow prayers that we send up when we're frustrated or when we need help or when we lose our keys or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, so 
I think this is my opinion. I think not everyone really understands what praying is like and what God has laid out what praying should be like. Not everyone understands that because because of popular culture and specific religions have taught that praying is a very finite, minuscule activity that occurs at, 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 at conscribed moments, right, in our day. And they're very confused. I feel like that, that, that phrase, that scripture, is very confusing. Pray without ceasing, and people don't understand what that, like, I can't walk around all doing, going, God, I'm going to make a left-hand turn. God, I'm coming up to an intersection. Like, that's not what it is. They don't, they don't understand that pray without ceasing, right? And I think having clarity on that and understanding that it's it's that it's that unceasing adoration, that unceasing worship. But it is asking for things. It is asking for help. It is asking for forgiveness. It is asking for insight and acknowledging his presence. And acknowledging his dominion, right? Ooh, acknowledging yeah. his dominion over everything, because we tend to very quickly focus on, man, I did a great job. Like, okay. Yes, God gave us free will, and we did that, performed that activity, but all good things come from the Lord. So if a great thing just happened to you, do you really think it was just you that did all that by yourself, or do you think God's hand was in that, right? So I think a lot of people have a really hard time understanding this and accepting dominion. We are a stiff-necked race, man. Like, people are very stiff-necked, and the more the older you get, the more stiff-necked you are. And proud. Yeah, they all roll together. We right? think it's us that's doing it, but you're right. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. So anything good that we have in our lives is because He has allowed it. He has ordained it. He has created paths for us to walk from before the foundation of the universe. He has good things planned for us that we would walk in them. Yeah, Tolkien did a great job of talking about the Christian walk, and here as it is. When the hobbits were going through Mirkwood, Gandalf said, stay on the trail. If you get off the trail, it's going to go bad for you. And it did. And that's life. You stay on the trail. Stay on the path. The Lord has illuminated your life and your path. Stay on the trail and things will go well. Venture off into the woods on your own? Yeah, not going to be so good. That's absolutely right. And so I think it's a combination of being in the Word because it, it's a two-way dialogue, like we, like we said. So it is, it's a daily practice of denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following Him. And for me, that means when I'm distracted in the morning, when I get up, choosing to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, because all the flood, uh, my mind floods, all the thoughts come flooding in when I get up of all the things I need to do and all the people who are demanding things of my time and my energy. And I really, really try to seek him first, because I know if I seek him first, that everything else is going to come into alignment if I'm doing that first. And, and I, that, I see that in you every day. Like I see when you you wake up before me, usually you're really early, super early riser. You're up at like four sometimes. And I've never come out of the room and not seen you on the couch with your Bible and probably a Bible study and being in the Word every day. And if you don't start that, your day is kilter and akimbo all day. And so I see that lived out in you every day. And and vice versa. For for me, I know for you it is prayer is is your dialogue with the Lord. It's a constant grateful heart, thankful heart. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you saved me from that I don't even know. Gratitude. It's it's a big deal. It's a big really deal. Is a big deal. So I think that we can probably conclude this episode with a three pronged pillar. One, be in the word and pray individually, together, um, corporately as a family. And then the third one would be the importance of fasting and prayer, especially if you are going through a really difficult time or you need an answer or you just need to shut the world out and, and gain clarity for you or for your family or for others. There are some things that can only be done with fasting and prayer. So, yep. So friends, if you have found yourself in a place where you feel like God is far away, he's always near. He's just waiting for you to come back to him. So take time right now, wherever you are, and just say, Lord, I'm here. Lord, I love you. Lord, I thank you. And just continue that dialogue with him. Until next time on Spark Influence, we thank you so much for joining us today. From aspiring musicians to church worship teams, theworshipinitiative.com has resources for everyone. The Worship Initiative is an online training resource to help you learn and lead top worship songs with in-depth instrument tutorial videos, chord charts, and more. Alongside instrument training, we have devotionals for every song and training videos on how to be an effective worship leader from voices like Shane and Shane, Phil Wickham, John Piper, Ben Stewart, and more. Only at theworshipinitiative.com. Start learning and leading your team now by using the code SPARK23 for your first month free.